Hello and welcome to our Cell Therapy Podcast. I'm Marianne Kwasi. And I'm Justina Lisowska. Today we've invited a very special guest with whom we'll be discussing how the development of cell therapies can be improved using a data-driven approach. But before we begin, we'd like to briefly explain why cell therapy is such a hot topic for discussion. Yes, cell therapies represent a major shift in the treatment paradigm. Actually, in contrast to conventional therapeutic modalities, and cell therapies are living entities that respond to biological cues to perform effector function. They are used to regenerate tissues, restore impaired or lost biological function, but also to improve the body's capacity to fight diseases. You must have certainly heard about chimeric antigen receptor T cells. These cells um, already have transformed the lives of many patients suffering from hematological malignancies. And only this year, we have witnessed two major milestones in this field with the FDA approval of two autologous CAR T-cell products. The first one, Tecartis, a cell therapy developed by Kite Pharma to treat relapse or refractory adult T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Another exciting development is Abecma, jointly developed by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Bluebird Bio for adult patients with relapse or refractory multiple myeloma. But although these genetically modified immune cells are currently extensively developed, uh, the global cell therapy market is predominantly shared by stem cells and tissue-specific cells for the treatment of blood disorders, physical injuries, or degenerative or systemic disorders. And this is because while cell therapies have um, a lot of promise, multiple challenges related to the nature of these therapies and their complex manufacturing process hindered their development and widespread, widespread application. So let's delve a bit deeper into this topic with our guest, Dr. Crystal Rayner Thompson, a scientific expert from Gene Data. Crystal is one of our colleagues who has been working with cell therapy companies to address the challenges faced when developing these therapies. Welcome, Crystal. It's great to have you here with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So, Crystal, before we start discussing all things cell therapies, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. I am a molecular biologist by training, and I was a bench scientist for over 10 years. I'm now at Gene Data, where I'm on the business side of science, um, helping companies to execute and optimize their translational strategies. So my current role is to understand the pain points and the bottlenecks that our clients face during drug development and to help them effectively uh, by using a tailored enterprise software solution. So Crystal, can you tell us what are actually the current challenges in the field of cell therapy? What are the type of um, pain points that the company, these companies uh, experience? Sure, so cell therapies are living drugs which are created from a person's own cells or donor cells. And one of the biggest challenges is actually in the manufacturing process. And this is really due to the personalized character of the treatment, where there can be challenges in the expansion of the patient cells, uh, variable efficacy in the final products, and also a really high risk of relapse and toxicities. And so companies uh, developing these therapies need to be able to ensure that the products they are developing are safe and have long-term therapeutic effect. And this really depends a lot on the patient's specific characteristics as well. So things like genetics, disease burden, or the reactivity of their immune system uh, can uh, have a major role. So it's important to understand uh, the patient as well as the donors of the cells. And so 
companies need to be able to use the genetic profile of a patient or a donor to really understand how to either treat or develop uh, better therapies. And so really there's this shift towards therapies that actually target a molecular profile versus a phenotypic trait. And that is really the pinnacle of personalized medicine and what cell therapies are striving for. Okay, so if cell therapies really, if the efficacy, the efficacy of cell therapies depend on the physiological context uh, of the patient, I was wondering what type of information we need to gather about this patient uh, to predict the responsiveness uh, of a patient to such therapies. Well, there's actually a lot of really interesting aspects, but one that comes to mind is actually profiling the tumor itself. So knowing the expression of a specific tumor antigen or a negative checkpoint regulator on patient's tumor cells um, can really help to determine a patient's suitability for the right treatment. So we need to be able to better understand the patient's tumor mutational burden, for instance, and that might help better inform how to treat patients. Yeah, I've heard that tumor mutation burden can be actually used um, as potential biomarker in immunotherapies. Can you tell us more about this marker and how companies can use it to plan the plan better uh, the treatment development? Yes, so tumor mutational burden is the number of acquired mutations in the genome, and it's one of the things that makes a tumor cell different from a healthy cell. On one side, tumor mutational burden can inform us about the possible efficacy of the treatment, where more mutations within the tumor can increase immunogenicity and trigger the immune system to react. But it can also indicate possible toxicities where more immunogenicity can lead to an overreaction of the immune system or a stronger immune reaction. And so this is definitely an interesting biomarker to explore to understand efficacy and adverse events. So Crystal, while it's clear that cell therapies carry a lot of promise, we do need to be wary as they also bring a host of risks to patients, such as the immunotoxicity you just mentioned. How could one minimize or prevent adverse effects uh, when um, administering these therapies to patients? So one, um, which I think is really important, is to really understand that the power is in the data. So having the right data to back the research in order to understand where adverse events are originating from is crucial to developing these next generation therapies. So companies need to ensure that they're exploiting the right data types. You know, one, um, understanding how the immune system will react is really important. So having data along the treatment cycle and even prior to treatment is really important. These excessive immune responses can lead to toxicity, for example. So it's really important to, uh, to assess the baseline level of inflammatory mediators or express cytokine receptors before the therapy is actually administered. And this will actually help researchers to better understand who is at risk for developing CRC or other CAR-related neurotoxicities. And, you know, a big part of this is actually to identify biomarkers which can predict response or adverse effects. Okay, so to summarize this part of our discussion, in order to provide patients with effective and safe cell therapy, you would say that the key is really to evaluate patient molecular profile. Is that is that correct? Exactly, but not just the molecular data is of interest. Um, information on the patient's general health, their medical history, any treatment that they've had, 
And typically these patients are not receiving these therapies as a first line of treatment. And so these can be the last lines of treatments for a patient. So we need to understand how that plays into this as well. It's really important to have all of the data along this patient journey to be able to predict therapy or outcome to get closer to really understanding how to better treat patients. Um, you know, understanding how these previous treatments may be impairing the quality of a patient's cells is also important. Uh, we know that patients who have had multiple treatments um, have a lower suitability for the development of autologous cell therapies, and this is really tough uh, for a person. So understanding the patient's health condition is re really critical to understanding how a patient may respond to the treatment. So we've talked about autologous therapies. What about when cells are extracted from a healthy donor in the case of allergenic therapies? Do we need to consider similar aspects? Yes, exactly. So allergenic cell therapies are really the holy grail of cell therapies. And these therapies use the cells from a healthy donor and can be modified and then expanded uh, to treat multiple patients. And this has huge implications. It can actually save time and money and also ensure that the products are getting to the patients faster. And that is so critical when these patients are in really high need. But there are also additional considerations. Um, there are major biosafety considerations uh, to ensure that the safety and therapeutic benefit of these products is assessed. Uh, the donors themselves also have to be thoroughly evaluated. So donors um, are assessed for underlying comorbidities, previous or current pharmacotherapy, um, immunological compatibility. All of these things need to be checked in advance to make sure that a donor is suitable. It would also be ideal to determine the traits of a healthy donor uh, that would lead to a superior product. So for specific therapies, knowing what the optimal donor cell donor is and how to standardize these off-the-shelf products um, could really revolutionize uh, allogeneic therapy treatments. See. That does sound like it could lead to improved patient healthcare outcomes and really save biopharma companies a lot of resources. So what kind of cells are currently being used for, for allergenic therapies? This is a really interesting field, so it can really depend on the application, but a variety of cells can be used uh, to develop allergenic products. Um, these can range from undifferentiated or in, vit in vitro differentiated stem cells. Um, and that's really appealing because they actually allow for the treatment of multiple indications with a single product. Um, another is multipotent stem cells, which are currently being used to regenerate impaired tissues or replenish cell populations in the blood, and also for degenerative and systemic disorders. But when it comes to cancer immunotherapy, there are currently no available allogeneic products, and many companies are actually in the race to develop the first off-the-shelf CAR-T or TCR uh, T-cells. Um, but there are other interesting immune cells that are also being researched. Natural killer cells, dendritic cells, and even macrophages are being tested. So this is a really exciting time. Yeah, definitely. This is exciting to see that there are so many different types of cells that can be can be used. We have already mentioned that um, how important it is to evaluate patient-specific feature to ensure um, the efficacy and safety of cell therapy. But the therapeutic effect of these cells, of these living drugs, no matter what kind of cell it is, also depends on the capacity uh, of these cells to perform the biological function within the patient body. So. Um, 
I am just thinking, what are the cell specific attributes that need to be also considered to ensure a functional product? This is a really good question. Um, companies are looking at many different attributes and it can depend on the type of cell they're using and also the application. But you want to be able to select the right cell type from the very beginning. And because you're starting from a heterogeneous cell population, this of course is one, one challenge to this. Um, and, and one of the first steps actually that happens. So it's really important to first pick the right cell phenotypes um, and this can help ensure therapeutic effect. Uh, so to determine that population, companies may want to look at multiple factors, um, looking at the surface expression of specific cell markers or um, also looking at uh, biological activity of those cells. So these are really you know, cell specific attributes um, that can also be therapy specific. But broadly, uh, companies are also interested in traits that lead to enhanced cell expansion, persistence, anti-tumor activity, and there are several markers uh, that are currently being investigated that can be indicative of these types of traits as well. And so these are just some things that researchers are taking into consideration. So most of the cells used for this therapy are genetically modified to enhance their cancer fighting abilities. But during this process, it must be really important to make sure these cells don't develop any undesired properties. You must have heard the recent news about Allergene's allergenic CAR T cell therapy trial that was, re that was re recently put on hold due to unforeseen adverse effects. What can scientists consider during the genetic engineering process to ensure an efficacious and safe product? So Allergene is at the forefront of the development of cell therapies. And what was found is that in one patient, a chromosomal abnormality uh, was discovered. And really at this time, it's unclear at which step this is occurring, and it's currently under investigation. So I think we're all watching to see how this develops. So, you know, in context, the genetic engineering approach is really important to understand because it's really unknown what the long-term implications are. So a lot of companies have their own proprietary ways of doing gene editing. Some are even sharing their approaches. Um, so some companies utilize CRISPR and Talon, for example. So there are certainly ways of advancing the way that genetic engineering is done to produce an optimized cell therapy product. Some considerations uh, would be the genetic construct itself, but also importantly, the biosafety of the product, such as checking for contamination and, and other quality measures um, so that you make sure that a safe product is being delivered to patients. Um, don't get me wrong, but these therapies seem life-changing, but they, it does also sound like they can be quite risky because of their unknown long-term effects or how they will evolve within the patients. And even if all the conditions are met to develop an optimal product for a specific patient, it could still be ineffective in the long run or cause or even cause harm. Is there any way to prevent this? Right, so this is part of the treatment paradigm. Um, you want these cell therapies to persist and become part of you, you know, so to speak, graft themselves um, into the targeted area. So um, this is this is part of it, uh, but we still don't fully understand the long-term effects of how the cells will actually evolve. And there may be ways uh, to understand what could happen or how to predict this or how a patient will respond. 
Um, and this really requires patient monitoring post-treatment. So the data that's collected during this time is really important to understand that. Um, looking at disease burden to evaluate the product efficacy or looking at the patient's vital signs to check for the safety. Um, also looking at the immune response to really understand and mitigate the potential risk of toxicities. All of these things are important for minimizing um, adverse effects. So getting back to the idea of having data to inform a biomarker driven strategy is really important to this. And so understanding and surveying the biological of the transfused cells and tumor antigen expression um, can be very helpful. Understanding what's happening at the genetic level, such as what we talked about with genetic instability. This could all help to really prevent the risk of relapse or to inform companies on ways that they can improve these therapies to prevent adverse effects and mitigate this long-term harm that we sometimes see, even though it, it can be rare. It sounds like there is a lot of data that can be collected and uh, leveraged at the different stage of uh, different stages of uh, cell develop therapy development and improve it toward more successful and safer products. Mm, but with such opportunity, which the data is, comes also the challenge. Uh, so I'm just thinking, what are the main challenges that scientists may experience when they try to make data-driven decisions? So one of the major challenges that I would say is actually the complexity of the data and even the amount of the data. So you have really high dimensional data coming from, uh, you know, multi-level uh, molecular data and clinical data. So you need to be able to be able to actually have a place to process, harmonize and integrate this data to be able to in extract insight from it. So this is one of the biggest challenges that we see currently. Um, data is coming from clinics, hospitals, collaborators, and really the centralization of the data is needed uh, to really be able to make the data accessible to the right people so that they can make, um, you know, so they can do analyses and, and do this data-driven uh, decision-making. So right now, um, I'm seeing that a lot of biopharmaceutical companies are looking at innovative solutions that leverage advanced technologies to be able to actually perform these data-related activities. And this is where Gene Data Profiler comes in. We serve companies uh, by providing exactly that. We provide a enterprise platform that enables centralized data storage, data governance, full chain of custody, and really serves as a single point of truth for companies, allowing them to extract data, integrate, and develop advanced analytics around that data. And that is actually what's really important for cell therapy companies because they are consistently going through evaluation of, of a therapy. Uh, looking at efficacy and safety, and uh, not just for research reasons, but also importantly for regulatory reasons. So they need to be able to house the data securely. And we really feel that we could make an impact uh, with cell therapy companies in this regard. Great, that's really exciting that uh, you have this chance to partner with companies that help fight life-threatening diseases with such revolutionary treatments like um, cell therapies. Crystal, it's been a real pleasure discussing with you today. Thank you so much for joining us and shedding light on the various opportunities that data provides for successful cell therapy development. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you, Crystal. And thank you all for joining us and listening in today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
And in case you are curious to, to read more, we have um, several articles available on our website based on this topic. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to keep the discussion going, don't hesitate to get in touch with Crystal, Yasina, or myself on LinkedIn. We would be happy to share more about how Gene Data Profiler accelerates the path to precision medicine. Thank you.